0: it's your host lisa marie Telley, and welcome to authentic and free are you ready to get unstuck create internal freedom to up level your mindset and live your most authentic life this is the place for you to be let's go Before I get into this episode, I wanted to let you guys in on some super exciting information. I'm just, I'm so stoked about it. So I'm giving away a three-month one-on-one coaching spot with me. This is crazy, you guys, a free three-month one-on-one coaching spot with me where we can work on anything that your heart desires all you have to do is subscribe rate and leave a review on apple podcasts and screenshot it to me send it over to me on instagram at lisa marie telly to let me know and to enter you into the competition and i will be drawing for a winner i'm so excited i can't wait for you hello and welcome back to authentic and free Today I'm going to really dive back into my anxiety that I've had since I was a child and I'm just going to give you a background of exactly what I worried about and how much I worried about it. And then I'll give you a few tips on what has helped me and what I actually did as a kid, but I didn't even know I was doing it. So just something that came really naturally to me as a coping mechanism. And I'll also talk about my anxiety meds and a conversation that I had with my doctor about them being okay. I'll just start by saying how my worries all kind of started and a bit of background information about my anxiety is that my entire family has it. Like my granddad, um, he was in World War Two, and he had always had anxiety um, and he's always taken something for it. My parents are both the same way. My brother is the same way. And my sister as well. So it's something that really runs in my family. When I was about 10 years old there was, so I'm from the Midwest, um, a little town outside of St. Louis, Missouri and in the Midwest every spring and summer there are tornadoes that happen. So one of my friends was over and We had a tornado warning, which back then, um, nowadays it comes up on your phone and makes a really loud, loud, loud screeching noise. But back then you had to go go look on TV to see if there was a warning or if you needed to get downstairs or whatever. So went downstairs, got into the tornado position, which is like a little crouching position. Put your hand over your head and your knees against the wall and yeah so there i was crouched down waiting for the tornado to pass but my friend that was with me sleeping over was extremely panicked extremely panicked and she was so scared and for some reason i never really thought i should be scared of the tornado until I saw her so scared. So, I do, looking back at it, think that her being scared triggered me and triggered a fear in me. I panicked. And not only did I just panic in that moment, but I panicked for (laughs) pretty much the rest of my life. Like, I still panic during tornadoes. But that's not even the half of it so after that day there was a tornado outside it wrecked a lot of trees and there was some damage maybe you know trampolines flying over fences and things but everyone was okay everyone was okay in my town and yeah so woke up next day terrified of tornadoes and then I was scared from then on out Every single day I obsessively, compulsively would look at the sky and if there was one cloud in the sky I would turn on the news. The weatherman, Glenn, was my best friend at the time because you know, I mean, you know, I didn't even know who he didn't even know who I was, but I watched his program more than anything. I obsessively looked at the sky. I obsessively watched the weather. Um, My mom ended up having to buy me a weather radio because I was so scared that we were going to miss a tornado. Every time it thundered or started raining, I would go into my parents' room and say, we need to go downstairs, even though there obviously wasn't a tornado warning at that time. I was absolutely obsessed and always on high anxiety that a tornado was going to happen. So yeah, that was probably the first of the things that I got obsessed and super anxious over. The next thing that then happened was I found myself sick. So, you know, puking as a kid throwing up for about three days and I just had the stomach flu and after that experience I was pretty traumatized as well not that I had never gotten sick before but it just really sucked and then I became obsessively anxious over getting sick so every day what I would do is I would have to wash my hands probably every 10 minutes I'm Washed my hands dry, scrubbed them dry, sung the ABCs every time I did wash my hands. If one of my friends was sick, I would stay like 20 feet away from them. I was once at a birthday party during this time that I was obsessed with this, and a girl threw up, and I ran to the other side of the room in the bathroom, hid under a cupboard and called my mom at 1am to pick me up. She wouldn't pick me up. She knew that I was okay, but I did not want to have the germs. I was turned myself into a germaphobe. I would wash my mouth for 10 seconds after brushing my teeth because I was afraid that the chemicals were bad for my mouth and I forced myself to do that. I forced myself to wash my hands. I stayed away. I mean, if face masks were of use back then I would have had it on at all times I was so scared of getting the stomach flu again so this finally ended and I can't tell you how either of these things ended other than probably I then (laughs) probably found something else to obsess over if I'm being honest (laughs) so the next thing that I started obsessing over was public speaking in front of my class, and this was my freshman year of high school, and it was one particular class. For some reason, the setting or the teacher or the kids in the class, I don't know what it was, but I th- I was a t- obsessively anxious, is the way I'm going to describe it again, um, about talking in front of the class. We would read a paragraph, but it would go in a line, and I was at like one of the ends of the classroom so that the line would snake and one person would have to read then the next 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 next. and then I started getting like as soon as it's like I'm even my body's reacting to thinking about it right now even I hated it I was fucking terrified and anxious as ever my heart would start pounding I would get dizzy and sweaty and my voice would choke and that was the worst part is that I couldn't breathe and everyone could tell that I was really nervous and it happened to me every time. I couldn't get my words out. It was very embarrassing and traumatizing for me. What I started doing was telling my mom I could not go to that class. No, can't go to that class, not going. It was my first hour of the day, every other day and my mom was quite supportive of me not going because she didn't know what to do about how traumatized I was about the class I didn't go so many times I just hated it couldn't go didn't go didn't go didn't go and then I got a letter in the mail that said if I missed another class that I would have to retake health altogether which was traumatizing as well because imagine doing that to myself for a whole semester the next year and that build up in my mind What I did was I just started going and I forced myself to speak, but it was almost the end of the year at that point and I made it through and I can't remember exactly how that stopped. But I can say that I still get anxious whenever I have to speak, but it has gotten easier as I did so many presentations in uni. My heart goes out to anyone who has that choking tendency because it's something that you can't hide Whereas if you're just sweating or shaking, you can kind of hide that. So I was very embarrassed, very anxious. And during this time of my health class, my mom said that we needed to go get me some help. So we went to my doctor and she had a chat with me, did one of those evaluations. And after finding out that all of my family is on sertraline, she put me on it as well and this was whenever I was 16 and I'm now 25 so I've been taking sertraline for nine years so I started with half a tablet and I would come back and I would tell her how I was doing and ended up being on two was like 150 mg's I think so I would take one and a half yeah I'm in New Zealand now so I don't so it's different here, and I don't know exactly how much it is, but I was on, I'm on quite a high dosage, almost the max. And I still am, and I haven't stopped. And that brings me to the next thing that I was going to say. So I had a friend that started taking sertraline, and we, you know, we talked about it. And another friend that said, and of course, never just trust what someone says, just because they say it but I uh, spooked myself because she said that everyone should always go off of it after they start taking it and so I was panicked that I had been on it for so long and I immediately made an appointment with my doctor to talk through what was going on And she said to me that there were no real risks or anything with taking it. And a lot of people go off because they don't want to be on it when they're having a child or whatever. But the truth is, is that there's no real risks in taking it. And I was quite surprised about that because of what other people have said And really, she was just giving me permission and telling me that it was okay, because the other truth is that it could be that I actually just have a chemical imbalance in my brain that needs sorting. It needs the other chemicals, and that's the way that I can get it. So I'm not saying that anyone and everyone should be on it forever, but some people might be, and that's okay. The other thing that I want to say is obviously I'm now a life coach and practicing what you preach with getting help from other coaches is something that I never did when I was younger and I wish I would have or I wish I would have seen a therapist and I actually never had a therapist. I couldn't well, I could get one. We were looking for one. My family was looking for one for me, but there were only some that the insurance would cover, and they were very expensive for my parents at the time. I don't know if it was mostly because the medicine was working so well that I didn't go see a therapist, or because of the money, but it turned out that it was kind of unnecessary to spend the money when you know, it was working. All in all, I have been working through these things with my coaches and wish I would have done it sooner. So I do wish that I would have seen a therapist. And that is just some advice for you if, you know, you're going through that. Do get the help that you need when you need it. But if you've already been through it and you think that, it's over it's also good to see someone to help you process and look back on that and that could be a coach or a therapist or whatever but do know that coaches can't give any medicine or medical advice and they're there to empower and support you and work through things but not to the medical degree that therapists are having a coach for me has been life-changing so that is my little rant on medication and and therapy but do note that I have no medical background at all and this is just my experience so then I wanted to kind of talk about the things that I've done as a child and as an adult, as a teenager, as an adult, and to get help in ways that I could figure out how to get help. I I did learn to help myself. And I find it really interesting looking back on it now because it wasn't like anyone had told me to do these things as a child, as a ten year old. So as a ten year old I had this little blue mailbox and I remember this was during my first, the first time I was terrified of something, which was tornadoes, anxiously terrified and terrified, anxious, whatever you want to call it. I had so much anxiety about there being a tornado every day, as I said. So what I would do is I would get my little blue mailbox and I would sit down at the table and I would start writing letters to God, writing down... All my worries, why I'm so worried about the tornado. Just a really big brain dump, I think. If I remember right, I would love to see these letters now. I don't know if, if they're still around. But I would do my little brain dump and fold it up and put it into the mailbox. And put the little red flag up on the side. And that was me telling you know god or the universe to help me and to help me process these things and really you know how well you know how good journaling works and doing brain dumps works and really i was sat there writing down all my limiting beliefs and why i was so terrified of them and how amazing is that as a child to be coaching yourself really through a situation when you don't have any guidance of what you're doing but I still was able to figure out and process that which I find incredible and it really did help me doing that although it obviously didn't get rid of the worries altogether looking back that is the coolest thing that I've done as a kid to help myself probably There are other cool things that I've done, but (laughs) I really do treasure looking back on that. So yeah, as a child, and I mean, even now, that is an amazing, amazing, amazing way to get out your anxiety and your worries on paper. So another worry story, a couple other ones that I had when I was living in london going to school going to uni um the worries came in little sets so it wasn't as obsessive about one thing all the time but it would be one thing for a week's time and then once that passed it would be another thing for a week's time and honestly these are even just dark dark thoughts that i would have i'm just telling you right now that it is okay to separate your thought from you like you are not your thoughts you are not your thoughts remember that you are not your thoughts so i would in all honesty have this thought that when i was in london i lived on the 10th floor of a building and i would have a thought that i was going to walk off the balcony in my sleep and so i would lock the balcony door obviously and then i would lock myself in my room and I would be fucking terrified every night going to bed. And that was one of the things that I obsessed over. I finally was able to tell my partner about this. And he didn't think I was crazy. He he supported me and did everything I needed to get through it. But I'm not going to say I still don't have thoughts like that. But I'm not my thoughts. And I know that. And I accept my worries as they are instead of trying to fight them. And that is huge. That is huge, huge, huge. When I learned to do that and sit with my worries instead of fighting them, then your body relaxes so much. It is a life changer, a game changer, if you're a big worrier. So that was one of my really, really fucking dark thoughts. Another one is, or another situation that I was in was I had a big presentation a big project and I was so 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 nervous that I was going to choke like I did in high school and I don't know why this particular one was so scary for me because I had done like 10 presentations that year but for some reason I got so worried and stressed out about it and it's all I could think about and I wouldn't be able to sleep and I would dream about myself choking and it was atrocious. And then I picked up a book on worry. And to be completely honest with you, reading this book may have triggered the worries even further. I don't know why. I just think that worrying and reading about worry while I'm worrying without accepting my worries and thinking I should be able to change it with just this book was a lot of pressure that I was putting on myself but of course it's good to know these things but maybe in the headspace that I was in it wasn't a good time for me to be reading it and listening to that book so let yourself just let yourself be let yourself be and remind yourself that you're safe and remind yourself that you are not your thoughts and you are not your worries you know there is no danger it's just your mind and working yourself up about your thoughts when they have nothing to do with you is pointless just accept your thoughts even if they're terrifying another thought i sometimes would have during that time was that i didn't i didn't actually love my friends or my family or whatever whoever i didn't actually love anyone And that is just so stupid. Why would I think that? I thought, I must be crazy. (laughs) Or I must be... I must need to get some help. I just thought, what the fuck is going on right now? And I knew that I loved those people that my mind was telling me I didn't. But my mind was telling me I didn't. It wasn't true. And I was arguing with myself about the thought. I was pissed off that I was having the thought and I was trying to convince myself not to think that when the truth is you need to look at the thought, accept the thought, remind yourself that it isn't you and just sit with it. You are safe. I was fueling my own fire by fighting that thought and I Did it time and time and time and time and again. It's the same thing going back to the presentation. I was feeling that thought with fight. With fighting myself and working myself up. And that is never going to help. That's never going to get rid of the worry. The worry is going to be there. The thought is going to be there. And that's okay. Because it's not you. It's just your mind. It's just something that no one can really explain But the mind is a crazy place. But it's not you. And you know that. You'll know when it's not you. The reason that it's so scary is because it's not you. I mean, people who act out in these crazy ways or, you know, actually don't love other people wouldn't be fearful at the thought of it, you know? People who act out or people who don't actually love their family wouldn't be fearful at the thought of it. So don't be so hard on yourself, Be compassionate with yourself, don't judge your mental nature, it's just not going to do anything for you. Be patient, accept it, have kindness. I think I have shared a good amount of things that I've struggled with and that I still struggle with today and that I'm still working through and there will never be a time when none of these things come up for me or are completely erased because it's just a part of me and I'm always learning and I'm always growing. But that doesn't mean that things are going to ever be perfect. I mean, we're always a work in progress. We're always getting better and bettering ourselves and becoming the next version of ourselves. That doesn't mean that we're ever going to reach the point where we're not going to grow further. We're just going to keep growing and we're going to keep growing and we're going to keep growing. I hope that something in this episode resonated with you, and I hope that you take this and you feel, you feel supported, and you feel like you were not alone, and you're not, you're not crazy, and please, if you take anything from this episode, remember that you are not your thoughts, and you are not your worries, they are not you, and you can rise above just by accepting and loving and being patient with yourself. So I hope that you enjoyed today and I will see you next Tuesday. Please don't forget about rating and subscribing in order to win a free three-month coaching position with me i'm so excited to announce the winner of this at the end of january um for a february start so don't forget to rate subscribe and screenshot it to me on instagram at lisa marie telly and get yourself into the act of winning a free three-month coaching program so Yeah. Hope you enjoyed today again, and love you all.